37th chapter. I was in prayer last night. The Lord spoke to me about the church. And I'm, talking about, I'm not talking about just our church. I'm talking about church in general. And I'm going to do my best to bring this out. And uh, go forward. And what, man, Brother Harlan, you laid a great foundation. I mean, you laid a great foundation. Let me see. Y'all go ahead and turn your Bibles to, to there. Ezekiel 37. I like the way Brother Harlan phrased that. Modern day Pentecostal move. Maybe I'll get to explain all that. From Ezekiel 37, verse 1. The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of a valley which was full of bones. And he caused me to pass by them round about and behold, there were very many in the open valley and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. From the first chapter of the book of Joel. When you get there, say amen. I'm going to verse 13. I believe you got Daniel, Hosea, and Joel, and then Amos. So y'all get in that area, y'all be able to find it. And that's in the Old Testament. The book of Joel, first chapter, y'all with me? 13th verse. Gird yourselves and lament, ye priests, howl, ye ministers of the altar. Come lie all night in sackcloth, ye ministers of my God, for the meat offering and the drink offering is withholden from the house of your God. Sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly. Gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land into the house of the Lord and cry unto the Lord. Alas for the day, for the day of the Lord is at hand and as a destruction from the Almighty shall it come. Is not the meat cut off before your eyes, yea, joy and gladness from the house of our God? The seed is rotten under the clods, the garners are laid desolate, the barns are broken down, for the corn is withered. How do the beasts groan? The herds of cattle are perplexed, because they have no pasture, yea, the flocks of sheep are made desolate. O Lord, to thee will I cry. For the fire had devoured the pastures of the wilderness and the flame had burned all the trees of the field. The beast of the field cry also unto thee for the rivers of waters are dried up 
and the fire had devoured the pastures of the wilderness. Go with me to the New Testament. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I hope I can lay this foundation. I thank God for what He's doing. 1 Corinthians 13. Are you with me? Verse 8. Charity never faileth, but where there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part. Listen to what the Scripture is saying. For we know in part, we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, or that which is mature or complete is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face, now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. Hallelujah. Go back to 1 Corinthians 3. 1 Corinthians 3rd chapter. First verse. You there with me? And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto ye are not able to bear it Neither yet now are ye able, for ye are yet carnal. For where there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? I will talk to you today just exactly what the Lord spoke to me last night in prayer. I was on my knees praying. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, the church is broken and scattered. And he gave me Ezekiel 37 of these dry bones. That's what God spoke to me. He said, the church is broken and scattered. And then he told me, he said, the church cannot move forward the way it is any more than any one of you can go out there and get in that Chevrolet up under that black trailer and drive it, because it ain't drivable. It ain't going nowhere. So what the Lord began to speak to me, is God has to fix us, before He can move us forward, in what He wants to do. And you can go ahead and say, I don't need fixing, but I'm not talking to this church in particular, I'm preaching to the church in general, and I'm going to tell you something, we all need fixing. Every one of us got errors in our hearts and lives. God has to fix. He does. And in 1984, I had this very vision that Ezekiel had. I was at my mother-in-law's and she lives on a big lake. And she got glass in, in two sides of her house that outlooks out over that lake. 
I was in a time of fasting. I was sitting there on her couch looking out over that lake. And I was sipping on some hot tea. I had to minister that night. And that whole lake disappeared. And I saw the valley of dry bones. And as I looked at it, I seen a great shaking. Heard a great noise. And I seen bone rise up. And that, that, that bone here just didn't find this bone here. It found the one it come from. It found the one it belonged to. Bone went to bone. That, that shin bone found that thigh bone that it came from. Not just the thigh bone. God is not just gonna, uh, let you find something. God is gonna join you to what you belong. Are you hearing me? God is gonna place you where you belong and if you're gonna walk with God, you're gonna have to get satisfied and comfortable with where God puts you. Cause God ain't gonna put you where you don't belong. Amen. And I saw that whole thing unfold. I saw the flesh come on them. I saw them stand up an exceeding great army. I, I, and I, I saw the skin come on them. And when I saw all this, the Lord asked me, He said, do you know what you have seen? I said, no, Lord, I do not. And I did not understand what God told me when he spoke to me then. It was probably 20 years before I understood what God said. But he said, you have seen the body of Christ coming together. God spoke in this, in this church in April. And he said, I am beginning to take the church and bring the body together worldwide. All over the world. Are you hearing me? God ain't doing this in a corner. We ain't all the people God's got stuck here in this little thing in Fort Payne, Alabama. Worldwide right now, there is a revealing of the Christ. Worldwide right now, there is a coming together of the body. Are you hearing me? And God right now is working to place you. He is working to put you where you will be effectual for His name and His glory to be revealed. I'm not going to get into the depth of it, but me and my wife have been talking for a week now about how she was raised, what God let her go through, how I was raised, what God has let me go through since I have come into the ministry and started preaching for 41 years. I have come up under different preachers. I have been around different anointings. I have been around different powers, different forces. And the Lord began to speak to me about uh, somewhere last weekend. Man, what we saw God do in Bangs was fantastic. But what God worked there didn't stay with the truth. What I got reared up under for probably uh, 20-something years of my life did not stay with the truth. And you may not understand what I'm saying right now, but God told me I put you there uh, to uh, develop uh, something in you, to edify you, to school you, uh, to teach you right from wrong, uh, to teach you from uh, uh, right spirit, from seducing spirits. Uh, and the Lord spoke into my spirit, uh, and He said, whether you realize it or 
not, he said, some of the very spirits you were around, he said, was part of this mystery of iniquity that's now working. Some of the very spirits you were around and some of the preachers you were under that had great miracles, the Lord's going to say to them one day, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. I said, God, why'd you put me there? He said, to teach you to discern the truth from the false. To edify you. I've cut my teeth on religious spirits. Ever since I started serving God, I've been around religious spirits. I've been around anointings. I've been around, you name it, I've been around it. And God just keeps bringing them. And he said, I'm doing this to edify you. I'm doing this to teach you so you will not err. So you will not get off track. And I, I try to warn y'all sometimes about ministers. I, you do what you want to. I'm telling you today. I, don't you get mad at me today. Don't you get upset with me in your flesh. I, I'm not saying what I'm saying to hurt or offend anybody. I, what I say and preach today is not I, to upset your flesh. I, it is sure to show you where we need to go spiritually. I, and we have got to. God said the only way I, that car out there is going to be drivable. I, he said I'm, you're going to have to take it and strip off everything that's broken put on new parts he said in other words it's got to be revived it's got to be restored there's got to be a restitution and God has got us in a restitution right now because he's taken us from the modern day Pentecostal movement to the sons of God ministry hallelujah let me tell you something. What God's doing ain't another shout. Is there going to be shouting? You better believe it. What God's doing ain't just another good worship service. Is there going to be worship? Oh, you better believe it. But what God is doing is getting us ready to put on the fullness of God. He's getting us ready to put on the fullness of God. And Brother Pope stood here last night. I've heard other preachers say it. I've said it. He said, there is a word coming that's going to mature God's people. And I'm going to tell you, the modern day Pentecostal movement as it is right now, when this word begins to come forth to mature God's people, they're going to fight against it. Are you hearing me? The Jesus name Pentecostal holiness movement is going to fight against what God wants to do. Why? It's not what they're used to. It's not where they've been. It's not what's going on right now. And it is going to cause the word of God to tear up flesh, to tear up hide, to get down in your heart where you live uh, to deal with things in your spirit uh, that are not pleasing to God and if you ain't careful uh, and don't listen uh, you will do just what that man said last night you will start fighting against the word of God you'll start fighting against what God wants to work in us why? because God can't take us forward till he cleans our hearts he can't do it he cannot take us forward till he cleans our hearts what did you say went together? A clean heart and what? An open mind. A clean heart and an open mind. I have so many people tell me, Brother Metter, and God has given us great revelation in this church. I've had so many people tell me, Well, I don't understand what you're saying. 
Usually when people tell me they don't understand what I'm saying, they are saying, well, what you're saying doesn't uh, line up with what I've been taught. And it never will. And I've tried to explain that. You have got to have an open mind by the Spirit of God and a clean heart for God to enter in and begin to reveal Himself because what we are coming into, children, is not just tongues. It's not just the gifts of the Spirit. It's not just healings. It's not just miracles. It is Christ in the fullness taking His abode in our mortal flesh. It is the fullness of God living inside of man one more time. But not in one man, but in a body. A body ministry. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. That was the man Christ Jesus. Are you hearing me? That was the man Christ Jesus. We are in the days of the revealing of the Son of Man. Jesus didn't call Himself the Son of God. He called Himself the Son of Man. Only two or three places He referred to Himself as the Son of God. Every place else He referred to Himself as the Son of Man. Are y'all hearing me? We're going to come to the knowledge of the man Christ Jesus. There is one God. There is one mediator between God and men. The man Christ Jesus. Why? He put on the fullness of God. He put on the fullness of God. Are you hearing me? He put on the fullness of God. Him and that Holy Ghost become intertwined as one. And he became the Christ. Brother Metter, I don't understand that. The word says Jesus became the Christ. He became the Christ. And when this Holy Ghost that I'm telling you is coming and God visits us with what he's fixing to give us. And I'm telling you it's close. It's on the way. That's why God is trying to get us clean hands and a pure heart this Holy Ghost uh, and I'm telling you I don't have it you can confess you got it uh, but I'm telling you the, the man and the God mixed together uh, with the mercy the compassion the tenderness the love uh, the understanding everything Jesus went through uh, every trial every wound every bruise every heartache uh, every sorrow every temptation uh, is coming in in that spirit of Christ uh, that's going to embody and envelop you and you are going to understand uh, you are going to walk as men's full of God. You are going to walk as the Christ. Are you hearing me? God is revealing this thing. Why? Because we are leaving this modern day Pentecostal movement and we are coming into the sons of God ministry. We've never seen it. We've seen it in Him. We've seen a little measure of it in the early church. But we've never seen a body ministry take on this Christ. It's what we've been waiting on, man. What we've been praying for. That's the reason y'all are so excited and you're jumping up and down. Y'all understand what I'm saying. No, really, you don't. Because your eyes never seen. Your ears never heard. Neither is it entered into the heart of man what God hath prepared for them that wait on Him. I'm waiting on the Lord. That word wait, when you get over in Isaiah 40, and he says, they that wait upon the Lord, that word wait right there, you look it up, it means to become intertwined. It means to become intertwined. We're fishing to become intertwined with the Holy Ghost. 
Oh, hallelujah, we fixing to get wrapped up, tied up, and tangled up in Jesus. And Jesus fixing to get wrapped up and tied up and tangled up in us. And it ain't this old shout that y'all are talking about. Will we shout? Yes. Will we pray? Yes. Will we see a move of God? Yes. Will we have singing? Yes. But we will have more than that. We will retain the fullness of God when we walk out of this church. And the ministry of Jesus will be on the streets. It will be at the post office. It will be in the grocery store. It will be on the jobs. It will be in the uh, in the shopping centers. Why? Uh, because this anointing will not leave us. It will not come and go. Uh, right now we come to church. We feel the Spirit of God. We go out them doors. Uh, it's like something leaves us. Uh, but it's coming to stay. Uh, it's coming to stay. Uh, gee, John said upon soon you see the Spirit descend uh, and remain. This is He uh, that baptizes with the Holy Ghost. Uh, this thing is going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Uh, and it's going to stay. It ain't going nowhere. It's going to stay. It's going to stay. But brother, matter my Holy Ghost ain't gone. You ain't got the fullness of this thing. You ain't got it. You ain't got what Christ had. You ain't got what lived in Him. And that's what He's wanting to give us. That's what He's wanting to give us. What did Paul tell us? You know in part. You prophesy in part. You see in part. You understand in part. Paul said the way I understand now is though I see through a glass darkly. Y'all remember here a while back I took, I think my wife or somebody and I took four or five pairs of sunglasses I put sunglasses where you couldn't hardly see just right, right in front of your face. Paul said I see through a glass darkly. He said, but when that which is perfect or the maturity or the completeness that God wants to work in us has come, he said, then that which is part shall be done away with. He said, right now, he said, I know in part, but then I'm going to know him what? Face to face. We're fixing to see God face to face. We're fixing to see God. He said, what are you talking about, Brother Matter? The way I know this man ain't from here down, it's from here up. The way I know Brother Billy ain't from here down, it's from here up. Why? His face identifies him. I know this young man not from here down, but from here up. Why? His face identifies him. I, I can see his face. I can recognize who he is. We're fixing to see the face of God and recognize who he is. The Bible said Jesus was the express image of his person. The brightness of his glory. Are you hearing me? We fixing to see the Lord face to face, and we're gonna know Him. Why? For we shall see Him as He is, beloved. What manner of love has the Father had bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God? And it does not yet appear what we shall be. Amen. When we shall see Him, we shall know Him. Why? We shall see Him as He is. He shall be revealed brought forth in us when he shall appear when he shall manifest and reveal himself we're going to know him as he is but right now you can admit it don't admit it it ain't up to me we broke we broke and we scattered church ain't the book of Acts church it ain't what God set up in the beginning it's not. 
It's broken. It's scattered. What's going to get us back? God's going to take us back to that foundation of prayer and strip sin away from us. You talking about men fixing preach against sin? You ain't heard no preaching against sin. What you fixing to hear? I mean, men fixing to stand flat-footed with a backbone like a saw log, a jaw like flint. They ain't gonna care what you think about them, what you feel, whether they hurt your feelings, whether they make you mad, whether they upset you, and they fixing to plow sin. If we don't get sin out of our hearts and in our lives, I'm telling you, word of God, fixing to take us apart. And I ain't talking about just fornication. I ain't talking about just adultery. I ain't talking about homosexuality. I'm talking about all this backbiting, bitter, envy and strife, jealousy against getting our feelings hurt, getting upset about things and going off talking about one another, coming in the church, uh, talking about one another, criticizing, uh, judging one another. You ain't the judge. Are you hearing me? You ain't the judge. Uh, there's such a spirit now the preacher has to watch what he preaches uh, because everybody will get offended at what the preacher preaches you get mad at me if you want to I told you I'm preaching this uh, this thing will go out to churches everywhere uh, God is not going to keep dealing uh, with this immaturity and this jealousy and this bitterness uh, and this strife and envy that's why Paul said uh, when I was a child I spake as a child I, I thought as a child I understood as a child uh, he said but when I became a man uh, he said I begin to think like a man uh, I begin to think and act and talk and live like a man let me tell you something it's time to quit pouting it's time to quit getting mad at one another and upset at one another and when something happens that offends you or hurts you pray through over it go to your brother and sister make peace get things settled and let's go forward with clean hands and ask God to renew in us a clean heart and a right spirit Well, that didn't gain no traction, did it? You tell me how we're going to move forward when there's all these divisions in the church. How are you going to move forward? And all the, man, if your body, if you got up this morning and all you had was a trunk of your body and your head and your hands, arms, legs was all over the house, you ain't going to function go nowhere. Well, that's what happens when division comes in the body. And I'm going to say something, and y'all just need to take me. But I'm going to tell you this. When you really get upset about things and you start sowing discord, the devil ain't doing nothing but playing you like a $2 fiddle. All he's doing is using you to hinder what God wants to work in the body. You've played right into his hands. Why? The Bible said there's six things that, are, uh, that God hates. The seventh is an abomination. And he that soweth discord among the brethren. I'm here to fight for this church. I'm here to fight for this community. I'm here to fight for this faith. I'm here to gather people together in one mind and one accord to labor for the gospel that we can establish something in this community uh, that people can be healed and delivered and set free. Uh, and children of God, I can't do it uh, if the Spirit of God don't bring some unity uh, in our hearts and minds and gather us together. Uh, but I'm telling you, the move of God that's coming in, uh, the move of God that God is now unleashing it's going to tear this stuff up it's going to tear it down it's going to get it up by the root and a day of salvation and great deliverance is dawning on the church why this is God's time to move this is God's time to move man ain't going to do this God's going to do this
And God ain't going to let uncleanness in this. You hear me? God ain't going to let uncleanness in this. God said he's bringing forth a clean ministry. God said he's bringing forth a clean ministry. Go to the book of Titus with me. I don't have very many of these scriptures marked. I'm just preaching as God puts it in my spirit. Y'all need to pray for my strength. The devil needs his hide you like today and he's going to get it. I'm telling you, you mark my words, preacher's fixing to come. I'm going to tell you, Brother Broke didn't miss no words last night. He talked about some of these things last night and he didn't miss no words. And he was mild to what God's fixing to do. I seen the Spirit of God get on preachers and I seen them start preaching against sin, start preaching righteousness and holiness. And I ain't talking about outward dress either. I'm talking about the Spirit of God getting a hold of people's hearts and getting the, getting the cigarette sucking, the, the nipping, the dipping, the, the wine sipping, the beer guzzling. I, I'm talking about the party spirit that's got a hold of the church. I, I seen God begin to get it out. I, I seen God begin to turn people back to prayer. I, and God told me yesterday, He said, you quit setting limits on prayer. I, he said, you'll go to church and try to, or go to prayer and try to pray 30 minutes. I, he said, you get in prayer and seek me. Don't worry about the time. I, turn loose of the time. Get in prayer and seek me. Get in prayer and search for me. God ain't worried about how long you pray. God will be more than 15 minutes of prayer. When he gets in it, you can three hours trying on your own. You get in prayer and yield yourself. Get in prayer and give yourself over to God. See, it ain't up to me to possess this. It's up to you. God spoke to us back in April, said start getting to church an hour and a half and two hours early to pray. We were in here on our knees just about 9.30 this morning. Next Sunday, I'm going to be shooting for 9 o'clock. I don't know what time we come out of prayer. didn't look at the clock. But we prayed till the Spirit got through. Amen. We prayed till the Spirit got through with what He wanted to do. You say, Brother Mentor, I can't come pray that long. Then come pray what you can, meditate and pull with those that are striving. Get your mind channeled on what God wants to do. Pull with us, become a part of the body, fight for what God wants to do here. Because children of God, if we don't come together, all we're going to be is just another good church. Are y'all hearing me? If we don't come together, we're just going to be another good church. The Lord told us, He said, every service is important. You come every service, you pick and choose what service you come to. It ain't up to me, it's up to you. But I'm telling you, this prayer and this being under the word and under the anointing and what God is doing is equipping you because some fixing to hit this nation, some fixing to hit your lives, and if you don't listen to me, you ain't going to be ready, and then you know who you're going to blame? Me. Brother Metter should have told me. Brother Metter should have told me. I'm trying. I'm trying. Why? We like that car out there. We ain't going nowhere. Do we let God get a hold of us? Do we let God take hold of the reins of our hearts and pull us and start taking us apart and putting us back together and getting out of us what ain't pleasing to Him? We ain't going to move forward. We ain't going to move forward. Do I know what I know in God? What God's revealed to me, I know. Things that God hadn't revealed to me, I don't know. But there's one thing about me. My spirit is open. 
My spirit has always been open. I've always made this statement. If you can show something to me in the Word of God and I can read it and God will reveal it to me, I will accept it as truth. I will accept it as truth. Am I going to take it just because you preach it? No, sir. But I will get in that Word. I will I will tear that Scripture apart word by word, comma by comma, dot over every I, cross over every T, question mark, semicolon. I will tear that Word apart in prayer, in study, and I will ask God to reveal it to me. And when He does and it takes hold of my soul, it's there. I'm solid in it. I won't be moved but I'm not going to say what God has revealed to me is the end all be all because we ain't there yet. We ain't there yet. We didn't even scratch the surface. I remember Jack Coe, I was listening to one of Jack Coe's tapes and he said he was standing outside one night and the Lord spoke to him and said, Jack Coe, he said, find the Little Dipper. He looked up and found the Little Dipper. He said, now find the Big Dipper. He looked up and found the Big Dipper. And he was in one of the greatest healing revivals the world has ever seen, preaching to ten to 20,000 a night. People's coming out of wheelchairs, off crutches, blind, deaf, dumb, lame, cancers, you name it. God was healing them. Uh, that man had ball up his fist and hit women in the stomach with cancers and gorders and tumors and the, the, the swelling and everything go down so fast their clothes would fall off of them. Seen it on video. Alan was the same way. Pull people off deathbeds. What was it? That was a visitation of faith. That was a visitation of healing. But he said, Jack, he said, what I'm doing right now is the Little Dipper. He said, what I'm fixing to do is the Big Dipper. Any of y'all ever found the Little Dipper? I have. A, I don't have any trouble finding the Big Dipper, but most of the time I can't find the Little Dipper. Thought it a little bitty over there. That Big Dipper, it's out there. It's huge. You can see it. That Little Dipper way over there somewhere. Well, what God's doing right now and has done in this modern-day Pentecostal movement, it's the Little Dipper. God's fixing to give us the Big Dipper. Why? We ain't got what it takes. It's God's time. It's God's time. It's God's time. Y'all hearing me? It's God's time. Paul said, I want to speak to you as under-spiritual. He said, but I can't speak to you as under-spiritual. He said, I got to speak to you as under-carnal. For he said, as long as there's among you envy, envy, strife, and divisions. He said, your children, your babes. He didn't call them children. He said, your babes. Your babes. He said, I fed you on the sincere milk of the word. Why? That's what Paul said. As long as we still got these things in us, we ain't prayed them out, we ain't dealt with them, we ain't matured to come past them. What does it take for us to mature to come past the things in life that stumble and cause us to fall? Do y'all know how many people are out of church right now because they've been hurt in church by a preacher or a brother or a sister? There's enough people right here within 10 miles of this church to fill this church up probably 20 times over. That they got hurt, they got offended, they got wounded, they got upset, and they just went home and sat down. They still love God. And that's the way they've been. They've raised their kids that way. They're raising their grandkids that way. And we got a whole generation right now has no desire to go to the house of God. Does not see that you can't pop in the house of God once every three months and have God heal you and help you, and then you can pop out till you need help again. It don't work that way. 
The Lord said in his word, he said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. If the church wasn't necessary, the Lord wouldn't have put it here. Church is necessary. For what? For our edifying, for our growth, for our maturity. So where do we stop letting things hinder us and upset us and hurt us and pray through over them and get victory over them and stay where God's put us? Where does it stop? Because the devil's used this trick on the church for thousands of years. I think you know I love you, Brother Elder, Sister Elder. I think you know I, I love y'all. And if something hadn't become up, I offended you. It wouldn't be something I'd done intentionally. You ought to know that about me. My God, I'm not going to get in here and fast and pray and kill myself and wear my body out and preach this word, try to get you in the house of God, just turn around and get in your face and offend you so I can drive you out. That's kind of dumb. Like I said, I'm preaching overall. Because it ain't just here, it's everywhere. God's trying to gather his people together. Everywhere I talk to pastors under the truth that God's trying to reveal himself. They've never, they said we've never seen the spirit of upsetness and confusion and division on people and the devil trying to divide people like he's trying to divide them now. Why? The devil knows when you come together in prayer and you begin to strive for righteousness and holiness and cleanliness and godliness in your life, he's done for. He's done for. What did Jesus say? House divided can't stand. House divided can't stand. House divided. If I made mistakes, bunches of them, I'll make a bunch more. But I'm not going to do anything deliberately to offend my God or offend you. Paul said, I am without, he said, I am void of offense toward God and man. He said, I don't offend God and I don't offend man. He said, I just preach what God gives me. Am I, am I getting anywhere today? This goes right along with the foundation you laid, Brother Harlan. Why? Because all people know it's the modern-day Pentecostal movement. That's where we've been for 100 years. And that movement Finney had, it was salvation. That's all he preached. But there was such a move of God that the power of God would fall and people would fall out of their seats on the floor and they couldn't get up and they'd weep before the Lord for hours. In his lifetime, he won a half a million souls. In one community, I don't remember how long he labored. Do you remember how long he labored? That community won 12,000 souls. Less than a year, he won 12,000 souls. Ministered in one town just a few weeks, won 500 souls. Why? He went in there and preached against sin, preached straight, but he was a man of fasting and prayer, and he prayed continuously. Why we don't have what we have and why we ain't seeing what we've seen in the past and why God ain't taking us forward, the prayer life's gone. What did we do in bangs when God did those great outpourings of the Holy Ghost? We'd come back to church every night after service about 11, 11.30, and we'd get in prayer and we'd stay to 2 and 3 and 4 in the morning, did we not? And when we did that, the Holy Ghost began to fall. 
We've seen young people slain. They'd pick them up, take them out, put them in the back of pickup trucks, take them to their home. They'd lay on their beds and talk in tongues for two and three days. I kid you. And I ain't talking about an isolated incident. I'm talking about every time I'd go to Bangs and I'd get people in there to, to go to prayer with me, I'd go to prayer after service every night and pray for hours on end. And the Spirit of God would fall and God would convict and God would save. And here we come into the house of God and we got all these spirits. I, we got all these things in our hearts and our minds and all this warfare and all this bickering and fussing and fighting and division and we come in and we raise our hands to God and we glorify God the same mouth that we got down our man tear up our brother and our sister rip them up tear them down criticize them the same mouth that we do that we glorify God it can't be does the word not say that does it not say that does it not say bitter and sweet water can't flow out of the same fountain and then we stand in the presence of God and we expect God to move. And when God don't move, we get mad at the preacher. We get mad at the preacher. And God's saying, look in here. It don't have to be something big. It don't have to be something big. It don't have to be something big. I got so tickled, little lady in that book. I don't know if Lisa remembers reading it or not, but I, I was reading parts of it to Christopher yesterday. And one lady, she was uh, the uh, a minister's wife. She, uh, her husband started a minister, uh, foreign missions foundation that reached, I mean, thousands and thousands overseas. And she got under such conviction, under finished preaching, she wouldn't surrender to God. She wouldn't let God get a hold of her heart. And one day, wherever he was, because he'd go stay in a motel, they'd fill the lobbies of the motel up. He'd find himself preaching three, four, five, uh, five times a day, people laying all over the motel under conviction. Uh, the Holy Ghost falling, people confessing, repenting. Man, people get mad and go out of the church and spend three or four days at home. The Spirit of God will convict them and bring anguish of heart and they'd come back to church and repent and get right with God. And, and one day, man, she come running wherever he was and she said, Mr. Finney. She said, Mr. Finney. He said, what? She said, I have found the Lord my Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, what? She said, it was those things I had in my hair. She said, God's dealing with me with the ornaments in my hair and I wouldn't pay him no attention but when I pulled them ornaments out of my hair said the spirit of salvation and grace and deliverance fell on me see that was something God was dealing with her about that was something that was a hang up with her she wouldn't surrender that to God I'm not preaching against this stuff I'm not a clothesline preacher won't be God told me in 84 leave that mess alone that's your convictions I don't preach my convictions but prayer ain't my conviction. Prayer's the Word of God. Fasting ain't my conviction. Fasting's the Word of God. Living righteous and clean and holy ain't my conviction. That's the conviction of the Holy Ghost. And the reason we see all this stuff in the church, we need a restoring of the Holy Ghost. Because when He, the Spirit of truth, is come, what's the first thing He's going to do? Reprove sin. There's no reproving of sin in the house of God. You hear me? There's no reproving of sin. People come in and live like they want to, say what they want to, think what they want to, do what they want to, go home, do the same thing. And there's no reproving. Let me tell you something, this Holy Ghost coming, He's going to smite your heart. 
He's going to reprove you. He's going to tear your hide up if you don't get it right. Are y'all hearing me? He's going to tear you up. Yeah, that is if you want to be a part of what God's doing. I told the Lord, whatever it takes, get me ready. Why? For behold, I send my messenger before my face. He shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom ye seek, even the messenger of the covenant whom ye delight in. Uh, something like that. I'm just paraphrasing. And the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant whom ye delight in. But then it goes on and says, but who's going to be ready for his coming? He's going to appear as the refiner's fire and as the fuller's soap. But when he appears as the refiner's fire and the fuller's soap, he said, who's going to abide it? You going to be ready? For that refiner's fire and that fuller soap, when it starts cleansing you and telling you what you're doing wrong, you're going to be yielded to the working of the Holy Ghost. You're going to be letting God change your spirit, change your heart, change your mind. He said, who's going, who's going to abide? Who's going to stand when he appears? See, God's trying to get us ready. God's trying to get us ready. I saw them dry bones last night. They were scattered and laying everywhere. Man, God's got to bring this body together. He ain't going to put sinew and flesh and skin on a bunch of broken bones laying out there all in pieces. No, he's not. What's he going to do? He's going to pull us together. He's going to get the envy and the strife and the division and the contention out of us. That we're going to be able to worship together, fellowship together, live together, love together, and serve God together. Amen. If you don't, we're going to stay right here in the modern-day Pentecostal movement. Shouting, talking in tongues, praising God, seeing the gifts move in part, seeing miracles in part, seeing God move in part, seeing a few souls saved here and there. But if we'll move into what God's doing, are y'all hearing me? If we'll move into what God's doing in the sons of God ministry, this is not the revival that's going to sweep the earth. I want to make that clear to y'all. This Sons of God movement, it's not the revival. This is to get us ready for the fullness of Christ. When we get the fullness of Christ, then we'll move into the revival that's going to sweep the earth. Then we'll move into the big tent, Sister Pat, and the auditoriums and seeing fields with 250 and 300 and a half million and three-quarters of a million. Then we'll see why when we come into the sons of God ministry and this gospel of the kingdom must be preached into all the world for a witness. The only thing that's going to bear witness is the Holy Ghost, the miracles, the deliverance, the power, the life of Christ living in you. It's going to bear witness. The time for God to go out here and save sinners by the scores, it's not now. It's not now. This is to restore the church. This is to bring in those that are called. This is to bring in those God has his hand on their life that are going to be a part of this body ministry. And God is doing what? He's gathering all things together in one. Ephesians 1 and 10. For this is the dispensation of the fullness of times. This is it. God's bringing it all together. He said, I'm going to gather together all things in one in Christ. That's what he's doing right now. Are y'all listening to me? Once God does this, he's going to shut the door on the church. Y'all hear me? As far as the fullness being preached, as far as the... When God does this, that's it. That's it. And he's going to turn to the center. Church getting her chance. She's getting her chance right now.